0: Thank mm-hmm. you. different gravy not just another chef of wednesday podcast I'm one of the hosts richard miller and my co-host is convinced that the same magic that turns average to poor championship players into world beaters a league below applies to podcasters as well planning to become big league in a little league he has announced a suite of new shows my dad has written a porno based in cheltenham wtf short for we talk fleetwood and the Luke Gledall show, exclusive to Spotify, where he insists on watching YouTube clips, despite the fact it's an audio medium, and tries to sell you vitamin pills. Can we keep his feet on the ground for one more episode? Dr. Luke Gledall, how are you doing today, Luke?
1: I'm good, and no, you cannot keep my feet on the ground.
0: Oh, well, I'm glad to hear it. How How's the week been? You know, we, we've had this kind of long period of feeling like we were probably down, but it's not happening now, we've... We've had a week to come to terms with the reality of it. Has it?
1: Uh... It feels weird. I mean, um, it feels weird because I mean, we're we're getting to. Uh, I'm not sure. Rich, Rich, me and you will talk. We'll talk offline about what we're what we're doing for the foreseeable future mm. a period, period. That kind of lies end of season, leading into you know the next season, the 21 2022 season, Sheffield Wednesday in League One. The interregnum. The... Getting a slice of,
0: the mm. slice of the
2: action.
1: Slice of the action. Slice of the action. blood. Um, so we'll be doing that. Um, But in the meantime, it's kind of weird. To... It's nice to have a strange, and it's weird because, I mean, I think people know. I think people are very much like us, Rich. They're very passionate about Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. Mm. Um, but it's just nice to have a break. It's nice to just not think about it.
0: Well, you get little little sort of glimpses of it mid-season when it's an international break and i think if you've if you're in the middle of a winning run the international break feels like it takes forever cuz you just want to get the you know get to the next game the flip side of that when you're on a losing you know you've just got tanked or you're on a losing run or you've had a whole season where basically you've just lost every week you do sort of welcome the break because it is a it's a break from the uh, the tedium of of having to muster up some hope and some expectation every week of, about this football club, which uh, constantly lets us down. So yeah, I think it's been nice not to think about it quite so much for a week. It's got to be mm. said, but we are going to think and talk an awful lot about Sheffield Wednesday uh, this this show. Yeah. It's what we do, um, but this serves as our as our season review uh we're going to take a look through the the season that's just been and pick out best and worst moments and give every member of the the squad that's played more than a minute of football a grade we're going to we're in a bizarre and unique position to be able to give managers grades because we had four different managers and each of them did about a quarter of the season so we can play them against off against each other and see how we feel they did Uh, and we'll also look back at our pre-season predictions that we made and uh, judge ourselves on how well we did at predicting the future Uh, so lots to get into I think it's going to be interesting and fun but in the you know first things first we've got to deal with and the first bit of news is uh we're under an embargo again which is great fun uh there's this has been rumored there's rumors of several teams i think up to 10 being in this a similar position but due to once again poor management of the club poor admin uh we're in a position where if if the transfer window were to open right now, we wouldn't be able to make any use of it or we'd be very limited in our use of it. Um, how worried are you about the fact that we're in an embargo ahead of a... pretty much a complete rebrand re or, re, or you know restart of the
1: team, of the squad loop? That's a good question. Um, how worried am I? I don't really have any worry, worry about that right now. I just... Yeah? Well, it's... <laughs> I think it's it's so much like I I'm just at a level of complete content apathy right now. So there's uh there's really nothing in my bucket. I don't know if that's an expression, but I'm gonna use that right now as an expression.
0: And you're not um, worried about the fact that there's nothing in the bucket because there was a big hole in the bottom of the bucket. You're just going, Well, there's nothing in there, so what what can I do?
1: I'm gonna flip it over and turn it like uh like an English Canadian or woolly. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> gonna go hang out with Soapy Suter. We are Bielsa
0: in Leeds.
1: Yes. or who would be Elsa. <laughs> I don't know. because I just I, I genuinely okay. Let me let me kind of say it from the position of pure kind of apathy right now. Let me just kind of get this out there. And I'll move on and kind of take a very serious look at it. I'm just genuinely at the point of just thinking like, I don't know, like this is it, it kind of feels like I'm looking over the fence at it feels like I'm looking over the fence at a neighbor's thing, you know because it's just it's everything that Mr. Chancery has done for Sheffield Wednesday Football Club to just be like, This is your mess, you've got to sort it out, man
0: grand chancery is is just stumbling from one disaster to the next,
1: pretty much pretty much, but I'm not surprised like I mean you told me this, and i I kept up a little bit with some of the Wednesday news but i'm kind of just getting to the point of just being like i'm happy to just not look at this for a while you know so it's it's like i haven't been diligently following some of the rumor mill firing up with who we're looking at from leagues one and two which seems to be Mm. what's what's kind of happening i think we can probably bench all that stuff to the side we've got a lot of stuff to get into today so yeah that's fair enough i don't want to look at that i mean but it's just we've we've constantly been in the cycle of being in embargoes like, it, it feels like a board game. It feels like a board game, which is called Embargo. And it's like, you know, you pick up a chance card, much kind of modelling, very loosely modelling Monopoly. And it's like, you you breathed. Take a transfer embargo.
0: Take a transfer embargo. You know. Rick Parry doesn't like your face.
1: Take Rick Parry made, heard you made an under par lasagna. Take a transfer embargo. <laughs> It just feels constantly like that. So it's it's nothing new.
0: It's just, well, no, it's just reminded me of uh, of the board game in uh, League of Gentlemen with the incomprehensible rules. Is it a board game or a card game? Go, Johnny, go, 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 go. We're playing embargo. Sit down.
1: Oh, you sat down too slowly. You're in an embargo. But I don't know. I don't know what's going to satisfy getting out of the embargo. Like, I don't know whether it's purely it just seems to be something they just throw out willy-nilly.
0: Yeah. I was working on a little thing uh which may may make this week's episode and if it's not on not on either end of this week's episode it'll probably be on next week's uh but um I was was looking back at Jordan Rose's time with Sheffield Wednesday as a bit of a sneak preview. And uh, I forgot that he signed on loan because we even that we kind of messed up the paperwork of and he had to sign on loan temporarily because that was easier to get over the line given the tiny, the scant amount of time we'd given ourselves to make the biggest transfer in the history of our football club. Um, Just symptomatic of... This bizarre situation. But let's 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 as you say, let's move along. So the the
1: the the No, I'm just gonna say I don't I don't really know I don't know who's incompetent more, us or the EFL. That's been a constant theme of like I think my mentality about kind of looking what's going on. I don't know what it takes to get out of an embargo. So how serious is it that we're in an embargo? It feels like well, ten all clubs are in, are in an embargo.
2: Yeah.
1: But everyone's upset that clubs are losing money in a pandemic. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you want us, what do you want teams to do? What do you want, what do you want football to be? It's already a vast hole to chuck money in. Now it's an even bigger, vaster hole because you're basically saying that football should still continue without fans.
0: Yeah, and this sort of this this one's supposed to be about delay of getting books in or publishing books and things like that. And like we know that the the, the other thing that we know is that the EFL used some of the extra time that they were given by hmrc like they didn't put their get their books in and on time this brilliant year either so <laughs> they might have to embargo themselves
1: i hope so <laughs> i hope rick parry embargoes himself from buying a new pair of sandals
0: i was gonna i was gonna go down that that route as well i was gonna say yeah he can't get rid of his stocks. he needs to uh, needs to make use of them for another season because he can't move them on
1: he needs to keep his <laughs> dirty, sweaty Birkenstocks. And imagine a time when he was in status quo. In fact, it's status quo for you, Rick Perry, you and your Birkenstocks.
0: Uh, here we are, uh, here we are, uh, here we go.
1: We have been in contact with Clarks.com and we've deleted your username <laughs> and banned you from any further Birkenstocks.
0: <laughs> no more hush puppies for you.
1: <laughs>
0: okay are you sufficiently pleased with the embargo talk now Luke sorry I, I'm sorry to step up step sure on your toes. but
1: also I mean like we've also but then there's like you have an embargo but then you can oh you can still sign players because you don't have many we're not gonna have many many professional football players at the club next season no have, like what 13 or something like this there's not many left it's got to be sad there's not many left so I mean we're gonna have to sign players so it's like and then you get like a limitation of who you can sign and how much money you can do that for. So you can still make, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not getting to I think upset. it means
0: everything has to be run by the, there's different embargoes because I think there's partial embargoes where you're still allowed to do it, you know, do certain things. There's full embargoes where just, you know, there's no movement in or out. Right. But I think even at the lightest touch level, you're in a position where you're um, you're sort of beholden. The EFL has to very closely sign everything off, and right. I think you kind of have it. Almost needs to be zero sum. So, like if you're move, if you're moving somebody in, you have to move out, Show that you're saving the equivalent value mm-hmm. somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> there's a sort
1: of- there's a small juice box on bongo. There's the family size on bongo. Yeah, similar, yes. same thing, right?
0: Exactly the same thing.
1: Exactly the same thing.
0: And it's about as good as that juice box song by Robbie Williams.
1: Is it as good as Juicebox by The Strokes?
0: No, no, it couldn't hope to be. It couldn't okay. possibly hope to
1: be. Well, there we go. <laughs> I understand it clearly now. Let's carry on.
0: the The main thing about Embargoes that I know is it doesn't taste as good since they took all of the the delicious uh e-numbers and bad things out of it that that is a drink that really relied on
1: did they do that thing where they cut the sugar and filled it with sweeteners
0: this anodyne it it was a better world where you know we just kids were just allowed to drink pure chemical badness and yeah this nambi pambi nancy's you know uh nanny state where (laughs) you're not allowed to drink pure e-numbers and sugar is ruined um bongo for everybody and therefore ruined embargoes uh, <laughs> right. the other thing that we feel that we uh that we pop into the news section is correspondence from people what listen to sure, so we flagged this up last week uh and we had a tweet from aaron um Basically, sort of asking about a shopping list and of players. Mm. What, what are we looking for this summer? What do we feel we need? I don't think necessarily it needs to be, you know, like Mike Smith, who's got one goal in ten games for Cheltenham Town, is, is available for very little money, kind of thing. That, that I don't know how much that will mean to anybody, but we can we can be specific where where we feel that the need is there. But I think for me, it's more. What, what are the top priorities that we need to... What, what are we on the lookout for? What, we, what do we desperately need? Um, not surprising to nobody at all, will be my top of my list will be a goalkeeper.
1: My list is a goalkeeper. Um, I do want to say, though, I did try to go ahead and try and do a bit of amateur kind of scouting. Oh,
0: good, good stuff.
1: I went through a list of players who, probably in the championship, who are probably out of contracts, thinking yeah. that was kind of a similar world of what we were looking at. Yeah. Um he's very bereft of a lot of still players that I'm really convinced about or think would be a good a good We move. could get
0: a dream team back together of Joe Bennett at left back and and uh
1: I saw Joe Bennett and actually wondered actually wondered if that was probably one of the more palatable options of players who are kind of entering out of contract.
0: He's been very good for Cardiff, hasn't he, by and march? I think he's still he's always had injury problems all his career.
1: He was pretty passable for us though, wasn't he, to be fair? I can't
0: I can't remember him playing that much, to be honest. But mm. I think he's got he's got a very good left foot. I, I, I've been impressed with a lot of his, um, you know, a lot of times watching him for Cardiff. I've been quite impressed with with deliveries he's he's able to provide. Um, I'm trying to see how often he actually did play for us. But yeah, he's a, that's another option. Sorry, so you you've 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 sort of sifted through some.
1: The only one I really thought of, and it's it's kind of a bit mixed and a bit patchy, because I, I kind of wonder about where the person is in their career. But in terms of a player mm-hmm. who seems at a decent age, kind of a decent pedigree, and also in recent recollection, played very well against us, who might be kind of available and might be someone who, depending on where he's feeling within, where he's in the realm at his current club, could be potentially yeah. brought in. Uh, that's Jordan Archer at millsborough
0: oh okay you're yeah. not
1: just signed a very short a short term contract with millsborough since i only think he made a few appearances so i'm not entirely sure what's going on with the number one situation whether he was kind of signed as cover and kind of in the end of a kind of very middling season for millsborough you know where they had a period where they were flirting at the i believe they kind of flirted at both ends of the table it felt that way just well, they, they kind of failed either. off. They failed from their view of kind of being a playoff team, right? So it's it's seen as being a a transition from the dog shit they got under Jonathan Woodgate.
0: They sent out Dejan Stojanovic on loan, and then and then I think Jordan Archer came in as a replace a sort of short term replacement. So I guess they maybe they were doing some um, deck chair shuffling. Uh, saving you know saving some money by getting a big earner out and then Archer was able to to step into the the breach for them but um certainly yeah seems to be a very decent goalkeeper good age for a goalkeeper he's 28 mm. um that would not be a bad shout at all it and a
1: decent heavy. pedigree and a lot of time with Millwall I'm not entirely sure yeah. what his case was with Millwall but I think for a club in our position I think it'd be a decent acquisition I think it's if not him, a player of that ilk that we definitely need. That is that is the first thing on our shopping list. I think it's very identified for a lot of people that we definitely need a number one goalkeeper take us forward. Um, I'm not even going to understand the notion of Kieran Westwood sticking around any longer. No, I think
0: that's... He would be on such a... It would be a fraction of his, of his wages, wouldn't it? It would be a... <laughs> um, I mean, we're probably talking like more than more than a quarter, or less than a quarter of his current packet. Probably, we you'd, you'd be happy for him to stay around on. Um, I, I, yeah, just not worth thinking about.
1: But again, it's it's again looking at that mentality of, you know, I felt we had that with Kieran Westwood previously. Was like, you know, how long? You know, definitely knowing that like he was in a place. it's fine to look at signings and think they're a stopgap signing for, I don't know, three, four years before they kind of move on. Like it's, you know, it's fine to think of signings as stopgaps in different lengths of time. But just the fact that after a certain length of time, stopgap is a bit harsh for something of a length of that time. But right now, if we were to give anything to Kieran Westwood, it would be another year deal on vastly reduced terms. I just,
0: as you say, I don't even think it's worth
1: worth thinking and persevering about, which I think is the same for like a lot of these Sheffield Wednesday players. One thing I want to kind of add on to what we'll do with the player ratings before we kind of talk about um, players we feel we need to sign um, Mm. is should we do a retain? Should we even bother thinking about retain? I think we should have a brief comment about that at the end of each player rating, who's the players are out of contract.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I mean, goalkeeper. Yep. We need... We need we need centre-backs. We need those players to kind of, we need enough numbers to match whatever our mentality is. I'm curious if we're going to go ahead with, still going to go ahead with a free centre-back. Like, how often do you think the 3-5-2 the was defined by the season? Just probably something else to get into. Like, how much do you think that's kind of defined by, like, the wrong personnel at the back and how much of it is actually to, to look at a tactical thing? Because it felt like for a lot of time we kind of felt that, we need to go for three centre backs because two centre backs isn't working because they're not good because the fence is isn't good enough we need numbers at the back
0: yeah i think that was the defining feature really mm. uh was that we could not we couldn't play with just two at the back because I, I vaguely remember when Moore came in the talk being that he was a 4-4-2 guy and i think he tried playing a game or two early doors of 4-4-2 mm um and it it did not or a kind
1: of four three one two type thing wasn't that the situation yeah something like
0: that yeah yeah yeah. but he tried to winger
1: different personnel kind of in the middle of the park and then kind of pushing someone in that kind of number 10 in the whole kind of role that's
0: right
1: yeah yeah and it just
0: it was abysmal basically
1: (laughs) we don't have the personnel i mean the that's been a real difficulty with a Wednesdays this kind of transfer dealings in a whole. Like, how are you signing players to kind of match in with the philosophy of what the club wants to play? Which there isn't any long-term kind of philosophy. So post-Gary Monk, it's as we'll get into, it's, it's a real yeah. disaster of chopping and changing with different people. And different people coming to the club saying, in various ways, either saying or not saying, or showing us that... Sheffield Wednesday doesn't have what they have in the squad to do what they need to do. Like, Pulis was very clear about that. But then it, it well, just kind of seemed it, very adamant. Exactly. It seemed very adamant and very clear to Gary Monk. I don't know if we ever saw the Gary Monk vision. It felt like we gave him a lot of time, a lot of resources in comparison with other managers not doing so well. But I don't know. We'll never know, you know?
0: No, and we and we don't know... <laughs> Even Carlos now, I mean, he seems to be more loose-lipped the further he gets from his time at Wednesday. And he says now that second season, he was getting people, you know, he was getting offered people that were fourth, fifth, maybe even not on his list at all. So
2: mm. uh,
0: quite what what hand the manager has in the players that end up at the club is 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 a bit of an unknown. Uh, before you even get into having a long-term vision and sticking by a manager and kind of building something that's a bit more sustainable. Uh, But we couldn't have been more... Well, I suppose it's interesting because Monk, I think, came in with a reputation of a certain type of football. I don't know how often we saw that. Maybe that was a personnel thing. Maybe Mm -hmm. it was a, a bit of false advertising. Tony Pulis is the most died in the wall last of a generation hoofball merchant you know the most direct of direct football there's only really Burnley play that way in the premier league there's very few teams play it in the championship um it, i'm not saying it's bad or good but it's it, it's an old fashioned way of playing football and we <laughs> we went for that for 10 games but didn't give him a chance to sign one player uh and then Moore seems to be a much more expansive get the ball down play it from the back That that is completely knee-jerk difference you know Monk was quite a pass it out from the back but I think maybe didn't have the strength of personality or the strength of will to force us to play that way I think it ended up being direct more often than not just bad direct then it was so poor by the end of his stay that we were almost ready for some <laughs> at least being good at being direct that was that was what, I, what we could potentially see from Pulis if you're trying to be positive and then we've gone swung completely the other way with more and as you say how do you how do you build a squad how do you pick players to fit all these different looks
1: Hmm. Um, huge, huge problems there. So I mean, I, I mean, um, you know, we will need to do a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, of, a Laura, Laura transfer business.
0: Laura, Laura,
1: In whenever, whenever we can finally get the umbongo lifted or carry on with the umbongo. I don't, I don't quite know how that's gonna kind of pan out. But I, I think, I think for me, a key focus has to be the spine of this team. Like I. I don't know. I think if we get the spine right, I think the other stuff will kind of eventually follow. So for me, number one is a huge, huge priority, a decent goalkeeper. We look at getting the personnel in place for a defense that's going to be decent enough at this level, but grow do, so- eventually. And then I want to kind of get some new midfield options. So I think for me, that kind of spine is there. Is that That's what we need to focus on a lot. How about you, Rich? What do you what do you think? I mean, outside of agreeing with me with the goalkeeper, what what positions do you think are particularly problematic?
0: Well, <laughs> it's an easier thing to say. Where do you think we're well covered? And I don't know if there's anywhere. Mm. Mm. We don't. Uh, well, if so, if we, let, let's assume players who are currently contracted will stay. I think yeah. just as a kind of ba- we've got to have something to build a base from, and actually being an, an, under an embargo probably makes it less likely that players will move out because the deals have to be more structured and sort of rigid in a way. So let's assume we still have Windass and Patterson. I do think that's the makings of a fairly decent front two in League One. Yep. There's no backup to them. Mm-hmm. So either we need a youngster or two to step up or we need to bring somebody in there.
1: Midfield,
0: oh, we've got Hunt.
1: Who's out of contract?
0: Who's out of contract?
1: <laughs> yeah, Hunt's out of contract. Um, okay, so we've got Barry
0: Bannon. <laughs> the He's yeah. the only, Is he the only midfielder we've got?
1: Oh well, um, guess. I guess um, another bit of news: Hutchinson's triggered a one-year contract extension.
0: Right. Okay. So, I mean, in terms of players who are here beyond this summer, you know, barring a re-up or, or, or whatever, we, we have Berner, Palmer, Patterson, Luongo, Iorfa, Dunkley, Windass, Wildsmith, Adedoyan, Deli Bashiru, Connor Grant, Cameron Dawson. That's it. according couldn't have transfer up. So what do we have? We've got a good right-back we've got a decent left-sided centre-back. I think probably with Che Dunkley and I Iorfer, maybe actually we've got a, def- a defence, a right-sided defence and a centre of defence. We don't have any left-backs at all. Liam Palmer can only play one of those positions. So maybe get... I don't know where Galvin is in terms of his... I believe he's been offered another year or we've triggered a year for Galvin. So maybe Galvin's our left-back? Maybe... <laughs> <laughs> goalkeeping wise we do actually have two goalkeepers neither of them would i be very excited to see play but I, I do worry we'll be in the position where we kind of have to go with them looking at all the things that need to be done hmm. um so i'm just trying to what does that look like as a team so we've kind of got Patterson and Windas up top we've got luongo for one game when he's fit Deli Bashiru and Bannon in a midfield so we need some a couple of you know decent number of players there two or three probably um i guess connor grants a midfielder so maybe he's he's in the offing you know in the, in, in and around at this point in time uh so yeah i think obviously so left back is needed a winger or t- two or three maybe wingers a backup striker another center back and a backup right back, but if we could keep a day on somehow, he would be. He would still. He would provide good cover for the back. Few is there anybody? I mean, do we expect anybody in that group to step up and be? I'd like to see Deli Bashiru given some time.
1: Mm, me too.
0: That would be that would be a hopeful thing to come out of all. I think this. it's the
1: best time and the best opportunity for him, and I think, I think it's it's. Um... Personally, I think that'd be a beneficial situation to all parties. Yeah. I mean he's come in and it's not worked out for him for a number of reasons. And I'm sure he's very disappointed, but this is a good time to refill the enthusiasm tank and go ahead, go again in the league below. And I I would like to think he plays more games than he doesn't next season.
0: Do we have a sort of return I know I offer to start he's come back to running now, hasn't he? So are we expecting him to be fit for the start of next season
1: I think so I think he's he's been in around there in terms of fitness now so unless anything um, unbeknownst happens Mm. then he should be fit for fit for next season to get going a a
0: centre-back pairing of or him playing right back potentially Liam Palmer left back with Dunkley and Burner as the two centre-backs that's it's not a bad back four for League One.
1: It's not terrible, no, no, but
0: we obviously have nothing beyond that. But I'm this, not
1: yeah. chomping at the bits of thinking that there are first options based off this season.
0: No, I know. Again, we're is.
1: we're playing with that weird alchemy of like, you know, we dunk them into uh, dunk them into the lower never regions, and somehow and suddenly, they come out come out no. molten gold superstars.
0: Well, I sort of, in, in discussions in the week, I sort of did it with Berner, didn't I? Uh, that he'll probably be all right at division below, but he really looks like a busted flush at the moment. So there's no given that that's going to happen. Um, I, I have no worries about Palmer. I, I think Patterson and Windass will both be too good for that division most of the time if they get to play and play, and play in their right positions.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Bannon is obviously going to, Look a, look a step above because he frequently looks a step above in the championship and I think if I offer and Luongo manage to stay fit they're both fantastic options mm-hmm. in in whatever position they end up playing in so those are the, the little glimmers but there's a lot, a lot to do <laughs> and we were sort of in this position last season and we didn't really do a lot of the signings that we needed to do which I'm worried about. I'm worried we won't do enough business. I because right now you yes sorry go.
1: That was exactly the same thing we had last summer, and we didn't. I know we didn't do enough business.
0: Because right now you could literally sign a player for any position, and it would be a welcome addition. There is just this is <laughs> there is so little to play with. There's maybe an eleven if you're inventive and everybody's fit, and about half these people are never fit. <laughs> it's a it's a really tough starting point. I hope somebody like, if you're a positive person, glass half full, this is a tremendous opportunity to build the squad that you need. So if you're Darren Moore, you've got a certain way you want to play. Surely you've got the opportunity now to to pick some of the, you know, to pick players that you want, you need and play the way that you want to, you'd like to play. That's it is an opportunity because it's so wide open. I just wondered if there's any any uh, Doncaster Rovers players that we, he might be interested in.
1: Donny, who were in the playoff spots and then just just fell off massively <laughs> when
0: he when he
1: left because he was
0: so good. <laughs> there's nobody <laughs> jumping out at me to be honest. Looking at their um, their yeah, list. Yeah. Yeah. John Bostock, we could reignite that old flame.
1: why not why not a second bite of the bostock cherry oh my bogle oh we can do the chant
2: oh my bogle
1: (laughs) good stuff anyway should we um should we call it a day on that discussion i think so we've got a lot of stuff to get into rich
0: basically the in answer of the question who's on the shopping list we will take whatever you've got at the bottom of the bargain bucket go into seed we will have it. Well, We need numbers first. Then we can think about quality.
1: <laughs> Rich and I are going to do a who's on first sketch where it's just no one on first.
0: <laughs> there is, I, I think, in terms of the positive side of things, just to kind of wrap things up, I think there are some decent players on who are out of contract. It's maybe not a terrible time. I think the fact that this is a... um this is a difficult moment for all of the footballing world probably puts us in quite a nice position as a team that has, has sort of run our squad down to the bare bones, because I think there will be players available to fill those gaps and they're going to probably be some fairly decent options. Um, If you look at championship players who are out of contract this summer, there are some, some pretty decent players around And, and maybe that's always the case, but even if you, Completely look away from the top, the you know the top of the tree. I know we've been linked with Ashley Fletcher, Britta Sombolong is another one. Jeju, who um, looked very good against us for Bristol City, it, it has been released. Troy Deeney, um, Andre Ayew, and I'm not expecting us to get any of these players. But <laughs> even looking, even looking a next level down. Um, the, the you know there's some there's some James Chester Andre wisdom there's some decent players who are available this this summer um when we're when we're having a poke around so hopefully we can make some we can make more uh good choices than bad and uh we we can we can pick up some some really good bargains on that free transfer market now is another uh option goalkeeping wise uh he's I think he's a Swedish international. Uh, he's a, he's his contract's up at Norwich this uh, this summer. Um, okay, so announcement. You know, big, big noise explosions. Who are you wearing, Luke? Who
1: are you wearing? I'm wearing, Well, Rich, I'm wearing some black jeans from the fine people at Old Navy, and also mm-hmm. wearing a a New York Owls Sheffield Wednesday Wednesday Adams T-shirts. Shout out to the Owls oh. Americas. So, yeah, that's what I'm wearing. Fantastic! What are you wearing, Rich? I'm
0: a uh, I'm I'm wearing some lounge wear uh, <laughs> bottoms with Darth Vader on them from M and S, probably too many years ago, and uh, a Doughboys Boys T-shirt. Doe Boys, oh, is, excellent! Doe Boys is the is the best podcast in this uh, God's Green Earth. Uh, so, representing, there we go. so first things first we're looking at best moments and worst moments for the season do we should we do worst moments first and then sort of have the the slight peak of best moments or do we (laughs) do we want to uh lead ourselves into a a period of of mourning and wallowing because we will then go through the other bits of the reviewing the season maybe start with the high and then get ourselves into the the black stuff
1: I think there's so many instances we can kind of pinpoint that you, we talked pretty part about putting this in and I just very quickly thought of two, two moments. So there are probably some worse moments and they're probably, I actually, I don't think there's a better moment. The best moment for me of this season, Rich is Callum Patterson's goal against Cardiff.
2: Yeah. Just yeah.
1: Every little step of that is just the, is it's just, it is goal of a season all over it. It's it's a staggeringly good goal. Like people would be creaming about that in the Premier League. It's Champions League yeah. quality of a goal.
0: Yeah, it was. It's just every bit of it is gorgeous and perfectly, perfectly played out. It's uh, it's tremendous. I think probably those two games against Cardiff are were as good as it got. This this season because we beat them 2-0 the first game of the season and started to believe maybe something special could happen. And then obviously beating them 5-0 was the start of us feeling like maybe we could save our backside somehow. Uh, the two sort of gleaming bits of hope in the season are, are those games against Cardiff. And Jordan Rhodes scored in both of them, the prolific Jordan Rhodes. Exactly. I also enjoyed just speaking about that card, the first Cardiff game, the the Rochdale cup game was another thing where it just felt like, I just remember how it feels like ridiculously naive now, but uh, I remember feeling very, very hopeful and excited about what was in our thing. I thought Delhi Bashiru looked so good in that game and really, it was almost like a what if kind of moment. Cause I thought, I think Hunt looked good and um you're just looking at it and going, we've got a, an okay first team. And then underneath that, we've got this, uh, I've said Hunt looked good. He didn't play in that game at all. No, he did play. He did play. Sorry. He did play. Kieran Brennan played as well. So there was like we Liam Shaw. So that, I think that was the one where they both played centre-back, wasn't it? Brennan and Shaw played centre-back. And I thought they looked so assured next to each other. Um, pardon the pun. And it just felt like we had so much going for us. <laughs> it's unbelievable now to, you know, all these months later when, when everything went wrong. But at that time, I remember being even a bit emotional when we scored that second goal, just feeling like, Hmm, maybe, maybe something's in the air here.
1: There was a lot to be said about that game and just the feeling of having some real quality running through the squad. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like Kachunga had a really good game. It felt like a real day for the second string. And it felt like even against lower league opposition, it felt like a strong performance. It felt like one to kind of get excited about and felt like one that showed that, you know, there's a lot of strength and depth.
0: Yeah, it did. It did feel that way. And I know Rochdale (laughs) have got relegated from League One, but still, you know, it was a decent level of competition. I thought they, Rochdale turned up. They gave us a good go, uh, gave it a good go against us. But we stood up to that and, and yeah, it was the quality that shone through. We kind of, we battled them where we needed to and then it was our our better quality. And a lot of that provided by that second string and those players that we didn't see enough of through the season, really, for one reason or another. Um, but that was a, a high point. It was very early on, but it was a high point. Any other good moments before we, we get to the worst bits?
1: No, I'm sure there's some more kind of things. I think you've kind of covered it, really. Just kind of... I like the fact you holistically looked at those games. I talked about a moment just being a, a goal, but, I mean, mm. you can't look at about a a, a game in total. Um, no, I, I think that kind of covers it for the positives of this year.
0: Yeah. So, obviously, the worst moment was getting relegated um, and maybe the whole... Everything from everything from knowing that cardiff equalized onwards is is sort of collectively the worst moment of uh of the season that that kind of 12 13 minutes of knowing that if we'd done our bit we could have stayed up and we were unable to and then the 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 sort of the final nail of of relegation um was the worst of the worst, but outside of that, were there other things that stood out for you?
1: Uh I had an interesting thought about one of the worst moments. I think there's so many candidates for really terrible moments. Um Let me kind of go through some of the, um, the other, the other nominees in this category uh before I give the award for the worst moment <laughs> of the season. The Izzy Brown corner is a big one. The second yeah. half capitulation against Luton. Yeah. Um, the Barry Bannon missed penalty.
2: Mm, a, there's,
1: there's a lot of things to think about. There's a think about, or maybe there's more holistic and we can think about Tony Pulis is being hired. Um, that felt
0: like a down moment for the, not just for this season, just for my time as a chef for Wednesday fan. I think the most embarrassed I've been being a chef for Wednesday fan, maybe, or one of those times uh, having to show try and muster up some vague enthusiasm for that man at the helm having pretty much universally despised him forever um that was rough Mm -hmm. and it's crazy it only lasted 10 days there's so much sort of psychological bartering i have to do you had to do with ourselves to kind of (laughs) you know make this acceptable in some way and then It was all for nothing. It was just such a stupid blip in an awful season.
1: (sighs) I was thinking, this may be slightly kind of off the wall and slightly kind of weird, you know what feels like a really worse moment of the season for so many senses and the fact that it's so kind of cartoonish and so outlandish? The drone at Rotherham.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) That was... Well, I mean, I I think for me that Ladapo goal is probably my my one, but I I do, yeah, I know what you mean. That kind of, oh, it was so weird. It was so, it's been such an odd year with the lack of fans and the weird things that fans have tried to do to either inspire their teams or, or slack them off, despite the fact they're not allowed to be in the same, you know, postcode area as them. Um and yeah, the drone. Oh, I've forgotten about the drone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cause it just seemed to be well, it I think it I I really enjoy chatting to you every week, Rich, which is probably why <laughs> we're still doing this podcast despite the fact that Sheffield Wednesday complete, complete dog shit. It just feels <laughs> like it just feels like a lobotomy. Of the very passion I have for Sheffield Wednesday is taken from me every time I watch this football team uh. from afar with no connection. And there's no, there's so many, there's so many slim good moments this season. I think that's the thing that is disappointing. Yeah. Looking back at these players, like just for like, I think we imagined it would be tough going into the season. It was tough, but I imagined more moments of quality, just a few from everybody and it there's just so there's so little to kind of get from that there's so little output from the machine of looking at these players but one of the things i thought you said rich which was i thought so apt and so good which i thought Mm -hmm. was really great for you know your reading of the game and how you see things basically you said that this is something that is going to disrupt us massively and we were starting okay and then we came back out and then we shipped three goals in just the worst fashion, Aiden Flint gets injured, which I think is huge. I think it's thanks to the fact that they go indoors. I yeah, think that disruption of the game, I think that injures him. I think that changes the outlook of Sheffield Wednesday's defense. I think that causes that is a- disruption. I think that's a big disruption that has a big knock-on effect. I think it's a big butterfly effect butterfly drone effect or whatever you want to say
0: you know that it's a, <laughs> that's a big thing you know actually that the the getting cold the sitting down and things like that because there's a lot of wooey sports science that's been added to the game in recent years but it is shocking how like medieval a lot of a lot of what happens in and around a football team fitness wise is really uh, it, yeah it's, it's dark ages stuff and yeah keeping warm is one of those things because I, I know i've heard several people say um and in particular uh, scram who was a, uh, on on the house talk who was a, i believe a physio mm-hmm. for a number of years at, at Watford um apologies if i've if i've kind of <laughs> made a stab there and it's wrong but you know he talks about the time actually half time would be much better if it was just 10 minutes 15 minutes is is a bit too long to kind of break away from the activity it does make it more likely that people will get injured it makes it more of an uh, you need to like warm up again a second time with it being 15 minutes it would be much better if it was 10 or you know five or 10 just as a quick like sit down and then rally and also uh, uh, apparently it's very rare that the The half time team talks take fifteen minutes it, there's a lot of sort of silence towards the end, just sort of people looking around, twiddling their thumbs and you know drinking their eating their jelly babies and things like that. but that's it I hadn't really thought about that with Flint in particular that that is almost you're you' you're hundred percent right. He will have got cold and then the fact he comes out again and has to and then start you know with the first sprint or whatever that's what's done him. Um, because I'm amazed, footballers watch watching half time is shocking. If you consider like this, the same sort of half time stuff happens at Hillsborough as happens at the City of Manchester Stadium and Old Trafford and wherever else. They just come around and kick a ball about and chat to each other. And when you think that these are some of the most expensive human beings on earth. It's mad that they're not going through a proper warm up routine <laughs> to look after them. It's really crazy um but yeah, great that's a great moment there uh, great 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 pick, Luke I've gotta say uh anything else on the list or is that the the drone the drone takes it
1: the drone takes it for me. It's just so awful, it's so outlandish. I think it has a big moment. And a lot of things that go on in this. Losing losing away at Wickham was pretty poor. I was going to say that.
0: Losing away at Wickham and, in general, just that run. I think we've been looking at, speaking about that early kind of enthusiasm. So we beat Cardiff, we beat Rochdale. We're feeling quite good about things. We drew with Watford, which, again, felt like a good result, given that Watford were expected to be one of the top teams. Uh, then we we lost to Bristol City, drew with Pal, uh, with the Queens Park Rangers, uh, beat Birmingham. But I think we were all looking to, well, we'll really we'll we'll win those three games. We'll win Luton, Rotherham, and Wickham, and that will be us. We'll be out of our points deduction, and we'll be ready to roll and whatever else. And to to. Not just lose to Wickham, but for that to be the third loss in a row, fourth loss in a row, um, with all three of the previous games being winnable, must, almost must win by the end, was re- that was hugely disappointing. It was a, hu- mm. a hugely disappointing end to a hugely disappointing run. Uh, yes, that was that was a pretty pretty sore moment.
1: Monk having a uh, Pally chat with with Fenwa. Oh yeah, and that—that was—that wasn't fun. Didn't enjoy that one. Gonna say on the more former pithy Swansea end of the former Swansea boys. Yeah. Well, well, maybe we can maybe we can do that conversation behind closed doors. So I don't have to say that.
0: <laughs> what was the What was the game where um, Adipacho did the high five? <laughs> There's been a lot of that.
1: That was good. <laughs> wasn't that, that? Was uh? That was against Forest, wasn't it?
0: It was Forest, wasn't it? Yeah, that was
1: the second goal for Forrest, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, grab and him when
1: we were away. Yeah,
0: I don't I think it It wasn't quite what it looked like, but um,
1: didn't look good though, did it?
0: Didn't look good, it did not look good. <laughs> uh, he's a. he's a, end of his contract as well. Uh, the big boy, the beast. Would you take him for a season in League One? <laughs> no. <laughs> Fair enough. Are we ready to move on to grades for the for the players?
1: Let's do this. Let it's us the do end this.
0: of school report for the players. We're going to go on the uh, the sort of Japanese grade scale uh, as seen in computer games, where S is the top grade, and uh, and and A is the next one down. Uh, and we're doing that in part because. I'd be very surprised if anybody gets an S grade. So it's going to be quite funny to specifically set out <laughs> that there is an S grade and then not have any. <laughs> so what we're going to do is go through the squad uh by their their squad number. Um and as you say Luke, we'll we'll pick out the ones that have their their, their contracts are up we'll we'll then say would we are they worth trying to keep or not as well?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So number one with a bullet is Kieran Westwood.
1: Kieran Westwood. Kieran Westwood. Um, I've gone for a C for Kieran Westwood. Mm. I think it's interesting to start off with Kieran Westwood and look at Kieran Westwood straight off the bat. It's interesting to say that not every rating is relative. So I think that a C for Westwood is not quite a C for everyone else. C feels fair to me because it's damning for his legacy and his time with the club. And yet having a number one goalkeeper with a C rating is really a great marker for just how bad this season's been. Mm. I think we lead from the back here in the fact that there's no spine, speaks volumes, and yet the best goalkeeper at this club as it stands. Um, I yeah. wish I was wrong, but I feel there is enough hot yoga. There's not enough seven Cs and sonatogen. <laughs> And certainly enough, not enough physios to have him near the level that we want and we expect of him. Disappointing.
0: Yeah. I think C is an absolute bang-on rating for him. As you say, it, it says everything because he's far and away the best goalkeeper at the club, but even even that was not nowhere near good enough, nowhere near acceptable. And for a guy that has been player of the season several times during his tenure at wednesday it's a bit of a well a bit of an awful cloud to be leaving under uh but no question for me not no 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 contract uh cheerio thank you for your time kieran and some of those years were tremendous but i never ever want to see you in the wednesday show again thank you thank you um liam palmer little liam liam palmer
1: I've gone for a B plus. Mm. This was an interesting one because I remember thinking about um, a little bit of a spoiler here. <laughs> My ratings: no one gets anything in the A range. Okay, yeah. I'm really going to blow your mind here, Rich. No one's going to gain the S range either.
0: What? <laughs> I thought Jack Marriott was a shoo-in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, he'll he'll have his own special letter as we come to it. There's another little, weird little spoiler. <laughs> Liam Palmer, always understated, always professional. I think he had such a weird start to this season, and I'm I remember at the time being a little bit mildly writ, miffled, miffled, Miffled. Miffed, miffed. I was weirdly miffed about what happened to Liam Palmer at the beginning of the season, so he suffered from his own success. Mm. because he was picked early doors for Scotland and that really interrupted the start of his Sheffield Wednesday season.
0: Yes. And that really
1: made him never get any chance in a very inconsistent Wednesday back four, back five. Like, I think near the beginning, because we have a good start to the season, I think we went ahead with the options that we had and we kind of settled with them. Yeah. But knowing how interchangeable this defense has been, I think it's a real shame that we haven't seen more of Liam Palmer.
0: Yeah, I, I I would agree with that.
1: I think he's been our best defender at the club this season. He's I'm just finding it true. hard, Rich, to recall a time where I think he's let us down this season. Please, yeah. please correct me.
0: I, there's nothing standing out to me. I, I, I think he was caught sort of maybe marking the wrong player or jogging back against Derby uh, for their equaliser, the first week equaliser. But uh, I'm picking hairs, you know, I'm splitting hairs, sorry. not. <laughs> I'm picking hairs, Luke, is what I'm doing. Mm. I'm saying that hair. Uh, he's become a, the picture of consistency and reliability. I, I, and everywhere across that back four, I think right back is best for him because he's he can deliver a ball now, which is nice. He's he's got good instincts in terms of tracking into the box. His finishing leaves a lot to be desired, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Really panics still. It used to be that he panicked when he got to the halfway line. He now panics in the box, so that's progress. That's some fast uh, progress. It's fast progress. Mm. So maybe he could have a Kieran Lee-esque sort of moment where it all just clicks into place in terms of uh, being able to shoot and score, getting finding some zen in those panicked moments because Kieran Lee was really bad at, uh, at shooting for a long time and then suddenly became probably the guy you'd want in those situations. So, you know, maybe there's hopefully, he's still got a couple of years, good years left. I think.
1: Well, that seemed to be the story with Liam Palmer. It seemed to be like he was on, you know, in that wingback berth. And that was that kind of late interchange in the last few weeks of putting Patterson in that role because he was getting into those positions. Yeah. But not doing so great with them, but it's still, again, it's, it's, um, it seems to be a Sheffield Wednesday dilemma of like, you know, you have other players who could probably do it in that position, but they can't get into that position. Yeah. So it says a lot for the ability to get into that position in the first place. Even and if you're seeing, seeing, you know, Liam Palmer, the workshop express fluff, fluff his lines in those opportunities. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And getting up and down is no mean feat. You know, doing that all game is a, is a, an achievement in and of itself. Hmm. Uh but, yeah, I, I, I'm happy that Liam's still at the club. I would be happy seeing him turn up at any bit of that back four next season uh, if, it, if it ends up being left-back, if it ends up being part of a three at centre-back, if it ends up being right-back, more's the better. But, um, yeah, I think. I, so did you say B-minus? Was that what you agreed?
1: No, a B-plus.
0: B-plus, sorry. Yeah, B-plus, I think. Because is, is, I, I was gonna think say, he's a
1: consistent really seven hard. out of ten player. Oh, no, that would yeah. be, that'd be horrendously harsh. Yeah. Um, also provided, yeah. as I said, the luscious assist for a Wednesday play this season with the mm. sweeping outside curl of his foot for Patson's exquisite volley. That
0: was great. It was amazing. Number four is Joost van Aken.
1: Joost van Aken, JVA, we barely knew you. Um, a defender out of contracts. A defender out of the door. And got
0: a new team, hasn't he, I think?
1: Pretty much. And uh, JVA managed to secure himself with a hefty C, which <laughs> probably means that an underwhelming injury and blunder-ridden affair of a season gets him the award of his best season with a football club.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: And, you, you know, kind of... He had a bit of a berth in the left-back role, which seemed to do well for him.
0: I didn't mind him there. That was I didn't Pugh's, mind him
1: there at uh, all. That was the Pugh work it, of Pulers. That was people coming in and saying, we don't really have a left back at the club.
0: Yeah. I think people have said they'd like to see him at left back almost since he started. He doesn't have the physical presence of a centre-back. He's too easily moved around. Um, but he has a cannon of a left foot. So he can play passes forward. He can cross. Um, it, it, he probably has been a left back all his life. It just took... Tony Pulis's constant uh, refrain of "fullbacks are just centre backs that stand stand further wide." <laughs> it just took his uh, that mindset to to for us all to see it. Hmm. Um, but what are we, uh, grading wise, Yost, well, where are we?
1: Oh, I said he gets a C. C. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny to look Did back now. The end of Yost Eyck and Sheffield Wednesday career. I generally love to know what list he was on. I'd love to know how that deal came apart. You know, I'd love to know awesome. the dealings of a catastrophic waste of, catastrophic waste of money since the last waste of money. And he's top of a long fictional list of top, top center backs that we needed to sign. And yet nowhere near as good as Venancio and Sasso, who we bolt at signing for legitimate transfer fees and would piss all, and would piss all over JVA from the height of a kickstool <laughs> or an Ikea
0: Reading between the lines, he is the person that Carlos is talking about when he says, "I got the guy that was like not even on my list."
1: Completely, completely.
0: Because we had this huge gap in the squad with uh, Luvin's kind of gone or on his way out, and everybody knew what we needed. We needed a commanding centre back. And what we got was uh, JVA and commanding. He ain't. Uh, he's some things. He's uh, but commanding is is not even. <laughs> you know, I, I, the football manager out of twenty. If you're talking about c- c- commanding, I don't think that's one of the things that they grade people on. But you're looking at like three or four <laughs> out of twenty. It's a really low score for him. It's one of his worst attributes. <laughs> And exactly not what Tom Lees needs next to him. Tom Lees needs a stately as a galleon big lad next to him so that he can run around and Tom Lees round the around his uh coattails and JVA was the worst possible partner we could have bought because he is more of a flutterby uh, waif than than Tom Lee's and we you cannot have two of those it just mm-hmm. does not work. Um and as you say, this was his best season, still pretty bad, still didn't play enough, still didn't play well enough when he played. Uh so yeah, I think C is generous, but I'm happy to 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 go along with you there. Number five. Why on earth was he number five? Callum Patterson.
1: Cal um Patterson. Let me just get my C Pats Pato. C Pats. <sighs> Callum Patterson's a walking B minus
0: walking
1: p minus i wonder if we i wonder if when his wednesday career is over we'll go we never knew his true position
0: perhaps we hardly knew year would we say
1: i think so disastrous when signed for a target man striker striker to replace stephen fletcher yes but a decentish utility player who may be seen best in the middle of the pack in some strange number 10 type character
0: I'm yeah. I'm happy for him to be involved in our team next season, regardless of where he pitches up. Really, mm. I think he'll do an okay job. He's almost like a Liam Palmer in the same in the way that he will do a passable job anywhere. I don't know where his home really is, but I again, I think Poulos kind of maybe called it that. It is. It's a kind of goal scoring midfielder. is probably where he's going to work out best.
2: Mm. And I, I mean, love,
0: I, mean I'd, I love his attitude. Yep, I am yep. really pleased to have him as part of the club. He was not the signing that we needed at the time. Again, no. he, but second to, I mean, we've got a return of nine goals from his 45 appearances. He got um, nine goals across the season. Uh, yeah.
1: Wow. So was he was he joint top goalscorer for Sheffield Wednesday? Windass got 10. Windows got 10.
0: I wonder if they're counting. Are they counting? Uh,
1: they must be counting uh, cup games.
0: Yeah, they're counting cup games. Yeah, it's the whole season, but I'm just wondering. I'm just just, just double-checking that they're not counting, like, friendlies. Yeah, so... I,
1: I, yeah. Yeah, Windows, Windows got nine in the league. Okay.
0: Nine in the league, and he got, Yeah, mm-hmm. got one in the cup. I think I think it's worth looking at the overall picture although we didn't have huge cup runs. Um in part because uh <laughs> that's that's what's on offer on the site where we've got the the squad list thing. So uh but that uh, I mean either way it's uh not a bad return for a guy that certainly isn't center forward and hasn't played every game at center forward but it's the low end of what you would want from the guy who came in as your replacement for Stephen Fletcher it's, that's it's just a such
1: a, that's such a problem though because it's like that's the great tragedy of Callum Patterson that like I like him a lot and I think he's been a decent signing but it's just not what we were after and that's that's the problem like it's it's like if we needed I would have I would have exchanged Callum Patterson if we had limited funds which I'm guessing we did to do something else better, you know, but I'm, I'm happy that he's here. Like, but it is it's like an option. It's like, it's the, uh, and I mean, we, it would be interesting to say if we didn't have that really strong presence, like it's difficult to replace a player like the caliber of Stephen Fletcher. But I mean, we needed yeah. to do the best that we could with that. And I don't think we did like, you know, I'm still happy that he's here, but you know, he's not, he's not that player. He's the extra player. Like, and there's a lot to like about Callum Patterson. His application, his charm, his kind of gritty, non league, you know, non academy smarts, his big old wanging throw ins. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, there's a lot to like, but it's just, it. I feel like I'm being harsh with a B minus because there's a lot I like about Callum Patterson, but it's just well, not. Well, the
0: thing, I think is, the thing is, is, by all accounts, we paid two million or, or so for, for Patterson. And we were in for Kiefer Moore, who went for a million. I
1: and thought Kiefer Patterson Moore... was more like 500k.
0: Um, Yeah, I, I don't think we spent a sure million, million, million on
1: Patterson. No, I, I really don't think we spent that much.
0: Okay. We never know. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure I remember the talk being of, t- of two million when he signed. But... We never know because it's all undisclosed anyway. But for a similar sort of fee, Kiefer Moore went to Cardiff and got them twenty goals in less appearances. And Kiefer Moore is exactly what we wanted. Is exactly what we needed. He is a mobile mm. man with a, t- a touch of pace, a lot of strength, and uh, and you know, good heading ability. Um,
1: but when we're think. in this situation to buy a realistic transfer player, you know, a realistic player for a bit more of an extra fee, then it never happens.
0: No, no.
1: You know, we balk at such a thing, you know?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Uh,
1: so that's he, the problem. So like we could have, I don't know if we were ever really fully in for Kiefer Moore, and I'm sure Kiefer Moore probably might have been another player who would determined by Wednesday's position at that time. All thanks to all thanks to the chairman.
0: Uh, I'm seeing five hundred. So I don't know where I got the two million from. But uh, no, if
1: we spent two million, then that would be ridiculous. But I mean, you know, Cardiff, the, Cardiff, Cardiff got Keiffer Moore in the end.
0: The Cardiff got Keiffer Moore. It, I think basically we we got Patterson because they got Keiffer Moore. We were kind of like, right? You know, we got we got their. They got the better one in, and we got the uh, <laughs> we got the hand me down. Hand-me-down Callum Patterson, hmm. who we might grow into. And by growing into, that means dropping down to the league below.
1: <laughs> mirror, mirror on the wall. What is the best brand for my balls? Manscaped, of course. Hold up. Is that a nose pube? Good thing our partners at Manscaped are here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs with a new performance package. I don't know about you, Rich, but I, I had a work colleague who I I had, I had thought he was great. I thought he was a great guy, a uh, bit of an elderly gentleman. But every time I talked to him, what I wish I could have done is brought some kind of grooming scissors and just reached over and took a big chop off of his lengthy earbush that he had there. Mm-hmm. And I also I don't know about you, but I, I'm a man who, you know, sometimes likes to pick my nose. And sometimes they, you know, sometimes pull out some hairs from my nose and I'm thinking there's got to be a better way than this of just really painfully extricating nose hairs.
0: It's a literally eye-watering experience isn't it? It really is. Well it's great that Manscaped has this performance package it's the ultimate immense hygiene so it, it, it includes the in this new package the weed whacker for your ear and nose hair trimming. It's waterproof. It uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360 degrees wow. rotary dual blade
1: system. Wowzers! And I mean uh, that stuff that it has that uh, fantastic, much like the the ball trimming package, um, which is the lawnmower. that the nose and hair trimmer. It's got that proprietary Skinscape technology, which means you're going to prevent those nick snags and tugs in those delicate holes. And you know, all of these areas are very delicate holes, ladies and gentlemen.
2: <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turn off. So you've got to deal with this, and why not use the best tools for the job?
1: That's right. Uh, the bundle that we mentioned includes a lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer in the market for your balls, butt, and body. And it's time to turn that gooch into Gucci with Manscaped.
0: And let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximise your ball hygiene
1: routine. Yeah, that's right. You can get the performance package now to receive two free gifts, and that's the Manscaped boxes and the Shed travel bag, which is a lovely bag, I must say. Also, you receive a replaceable braid every three months to keep your weed whacking and lawn mowing time clean and enjoyable. The
0: performance package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer. It's 20% off and free shipping if you use the code GRAVYBALLS at manscaped.com. And you can thank Manscaped for making your holes look
1: sexy. That's right, folks. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code GRAVYBALLS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code GRAVYBALLS. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make sure your balls look great during the process.
0: Uh, Okay, so we have a weird thing at number six because the first number six this season was Aidan Flint. Hmm. So we should give him his due just four appearances. It four feels appearances.
1: Like it does feel like more. I think from what I saw and what I felt from Aiden Flint coming in without any great preseason and doing that situation, I think I'm going to be generous to give him a B minus. How do you feel about that, Rich?
0: Yes, I think I think that's fair, because we did get absolutely tonked in one of the games, didn't we? Mm. Um, so he wasn't going to be an absolute cure all for our issues, but ah, oh, it, it it was another one of these things tinged with a bit like Jordan Rhodes, where it was it was also tinged with a feeling of imagine if we got him the first time we'd been linked to him and had his had his harvest years uh, at our disposal, it would have been quite a thing. Yeah, sad, sad what happened with that. Really, I th- a very very good player, obviously. And we just didn't get enough of him, didn't get enough juice from that berry. And a, a pivotal decision in the season was not renewing his loan when we had the chance to. Mm. Uh, that's a big what if moment. Uh, once again, we're at those sliding doors.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, but there was, there felt a little bit of like, unfortunately, it felt like when we talked about this football team and the squad and the makeup of the the players that we had at centre-back, there's a lot to be said for defensive pairings at centre-back. And mm. we're kind of hoping that, like, like it felt like the nature and the story of Tom Lees is, you know, he's a decent enough player, but, you know, he's much better when he's with someone who can understand him and who can work with him well, which was kind of a story of Lees- Lees and Leuven's. Really, and so we kind of hope for a bit of alchemy of a player coming in who could kind of improve some of the other players around him. Because I don't yeah. think naturally that any of the defenders we have are complete shit.
2: <laughs>
0: no, uh, but yeah, then, no.
1: but then the formation and having those people together um are kind of, you know, it's not, it it doesn't work with these characters well, together.
0: I think centre-back is still somewhere that by and large pretty traditional kind of archetypes remain Mm. and your classic partnership is stopper and cover. You have the big guy that goes to the header and if that fails you've got the quick guy who can mop up. That's that's a standard centre-back partnership. It's like the big guy, little guy upfront thing but they both tend to be big guys because we're talking centre-back and Tom Lees has always been pretty good at being the mop-up guy
2: mm-hmm.
0: when paired with a leader so his good his best times at the club Leuven's I think Leuven's wasn't a natural he's not a he wasn't a behemoth he wasn't a massive physical presence but he just had this calmness about him he'd seen everything he'd done everything, and. That soothed Tom Lees and let Tom Lees play his best football. Um, the most traditional partnership he was he was in, I think Flint was one of those. And um, I'm now blanking. Hector. Hector was a great partner for Tom Lees. Mm. The f- times where that fell down was because Hector was then also a ball-playing sort of guy and sometimes his flamboyance got us in some some issues. Mm. But by and large, that was a great partnership because Hector could go and f- fight the man and Tom Lees could s- sweep up any of the difficulties around it. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it's always been... It's been obvious what Tom Lees needs. We just haven't given it to him. Mm. Dun- in, ironically, Dunkley could have been that guy. It's just we don't i have no idea how good we will talk to talk about him obviously yes in time. exactly i have no idea how good he is because we just haven't seen enough next up is the other number six it's uh it's sammy hutchinson is
1: sammy hutchinson oh sam hutchinson i still don't know how to think about all this and yet the funny thing is so much of this is like so much of this is not about sam hutchinson yeah so much of it's about Sam he- Sam Hutchinson's reputation. He's like the Taylor Swift of Sheffield Wednesday. You know, he's like coming out with like he talks a lot about. I don't know. So much of the mentality is a bit like, oh, people think I'm a bitch and a snake, like, yes. like Taylor Swift. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to keep talking about this. I don't want to keep talking about what it is. And it's just such a tragedy. I don't know. Like so much of this is like we're led to believe the narrative, and we've gone ahead with the narrative to say that if if a couple of managers, at least two managers, have said that the problem at the football club is certain characters like Kieran Westwood and Sam Hutchinson, then I I don't have any insight or any reason to disbelieve those people. Yeah. But the decision to make a you know to go with the manager and to release him and then bring him back, he's just madness. And yeah, it was just so weird and so bizarre. And its I was watching a video from... There's a football YouTuber called Benjamin Bloom, who's um, quite intelligent, quite a nice chat, seems to be quite turned on to things. He does kind of like a football where he talks about Championship, Premier League, all that other stuff.
0: And he's ageing backwards as
1: well. He's ageing backwards as well, exactly. And... <laughs> he was talking about did like a a video recap of sheffield wednesday's relegation season and it's kind of weirdly comforting to see people from the outside who don't support sheffield wednesday he supports ipswich um take a look at things and and kind of look and he's basically had like here's my kind of coda like you know my system for things that relegate clubs and it's kind of like quality relegates club, lack of quality relegates clubs. There's a few other things, but one of the big things is chaos relegates yeah. clubs. And it just is a fucking mini shitstorm around Sam Hutchinson. And it's just bananas. Like, and the, the disappointing thing is to say that, like, that's all I can kind of view is his time back at Sheffield Wednesday for. Oh, don't you and think his he's time a- previously... Mm. sorry what are you going to say rich sorry
0: well i was just going to say it's you know thinking of that the eye of the storm sort of thing you know the calm in the eye of the storm mm. has almost been his appearances and what we've had is he's done all right he's I done know. okay yeah yeah he's not done brilliantly he's not done terribly <laughs> for all the fuss and all the noise when you actually boil it down to you played 22 games for us mm. he probably Five stinkers and five good ones, and everything else was. Eh, it doesn't amount to very much.
1: No, but it, it, it's it's oddly positive. I've gone with a C plus. Yeah, rating, but I, I maybe that's slightly damning. Maybe he's more of a C. No, sorry, maybe more a B minus.
0: But we simply couldn't have coped without his presence. That's no, your... I
1: know, and that's the difficult thing. And it's um, so I, I'm just some of my. So here's the thing, everything around, like here's my notes, everything surrounding the situation was weird and bizarre. I'm curious if he's here for the entire season, then maybe he makes a touch more of a difference on Wednesday to stay up. Maybe that's the odd difference. Like, it's weird to look back and say that Sam Hutchinson, I hated him in the middle of the park. I thought he'd just look completely past it and gone. But again, it just seems, like you said, the calm in the eider storm, seems a calming presence at the back. And... Everything that seems to me from him, he seems to be a bit more of a character you kind of want in this situation. I don't know. I, there's a lot to be said for the PR situation of Sam Hutchinson. Yeah, um, Hutchinson, a man who has known Pathos deeply through first his long sojourn to play for Pathos, and then yeah. the tragedy of playing in a very dire Sheffield Wednesday side. <laughs> There's a sadness of seeing someone trading off his Wednesday legacy or currency with the fans in a series of very weak and slow-footed jaunts around the middle of the park. And yet I think about his extension and experiences at centre-back with some words from excellent co-host Richard Miller in that, I don't hate it. (laughs) I think he's one of the strongest centre-backs, which feels really damning. Yeah. But, I mean, now we're looking at, like, I don't know why we got to the position of playing him every game. I'm glad he played... I'd be happy if he played most of the games, I think. But like again, selecting him in center mid, even above Pelopesi and even above FDB and other options. Yeah. Even sometimes above Shaw. I I I didn't like that at all. But I I'm weirdly thinking now, however he got his one year contract extension, I I'm not I don't I don't hate it. And I I think I appreciate that in the rebuild that there's so much to do there might be a value in having him as a bit of an elder statesman as long as he's playing in and around the centre back roles.
0: Well the move to Paphos patho- Paphos mate was pathos. was bizarre anyway because he's not you know last summer he was he was 30 years old. He'd played 40 odd games of championship football. Like he wasn't at that out to pasture he could have played for another championship team. He could have played for a League One team. It was a decision. I don't know. It's just so... <laughs> there's just so much weirdness around the situation. As I you say, I what, no matter who you believe, why is there even a question? You know, so many players, there's never a question of... Nobody's asking whether Adam Reach was, a, was destroying the dressing room. You know, like, most mm. players just get their head down and do their job or don't do it um but with Hutchinson we've had continual questions about character and influence and whatever else to then kind of I don't know just that it was a bizarre decision, decision to go and play in the Greek whatever league oh, I don't, I, I, yeah so so strange and I'm, I'm I think he can make valuable contributions to our, our our season in League One next year. I think he's probably a fairly natural choice for a captain. I do.
2: I
1: think there is a bigger yeah. tragedy to say that. Like, I think he had a good time with Sheffield Wednesday. If he'd gone, and if he would have gone, the tragedy is we never replaced him, or we we never replaced well, then... him any other player, not like him specifically just any other player in any of the roles. Well, that's,
0: that's why he, you know, you sort of asked the question, why did he end up playing so often? A big, big part of that is we needed to sign probably two center backs. We only signed one and the one that we signed was injured until November. And funnily enough, you know, when you break your freaking leg, you don't come back nice and easy. You have loads of injuries around it. And, that is one of the weird... Whoever was in charge of that decision yeah, wants shooting. It's a. It was a terrible, terrible choice. You could tell from the outset that it was a terrible choice. And the fact that, yeah, he was our only addition centre-back until Flint came in, and then Flint broke in four games. He hadn't played a game for six months. Uh, ugh, baffling.
1: So mm.
0: thank goodness for Sam Hutchinson. Goodness knows who would have been playing centre-back for us this last run. No, but, I know. But but <laughs> we yeah. still got relegated. So it wasn't good enough. And he did give away goals. Uh, but less goals
1: in, than some of the other players that we can talk maybe, about.
0: Maybe, maybe. Uh, that's what's it's so strange. <laughs> There's so much noise and confusion. It's like, it's like you know, Pete Doherty, when – when it was like the peak of the libertines and you know creative were having to pay security guards to keep him and um carl barrett from each other's oh, throats and like that very it's nice
1: but nice. <laughs> <in> the braggets
0: <laughs> oh how niche can we get but like like the the hype the first album was big what, yep. how huge is the second album gonna be do you know what nobody cares about whether pete doherty is uh is uh what he's like now you, because <laughs> is he making music is any is there does anybody care and that's almost the thing with sam hutchins is like there's all this fuss and all this noise and all this talk is he what sort of an influence is he is he a bad influence is he the best influence is he the good guy is he the bad uh, guy mm-hmm. like do you know at the end of the day it's like do you know what? he's a guy who's seen his 30th year go by he's okay in defense he's not good enough in midfield and that's about it that's what it amounts to Uh, something in the c range is perfectly uh, uh, adequate Mm. um it's not damning because being average was good for this squad uh but Mm. It just for all the, you know, for all the noise and stuff. It's like, as it was, it worth it. That second Libertines album has, I think, two or three tracks where somebody plays mouth trumpet, and that's what this. That's what Sam Hutchinson's last six months has been like. Like, oh, okay.
1: What was the name of the Libertines' second album? The Libertines.
0: I think it was yeah. Which is oh, okay.
1: Yeah. I love
0: the I love lesson. the thought of uh, as, of Hutch as the, as Wednesday's Tay Tay. Um, <laughs> next up, the one and only number seven, Kadeem Harris.
1: Oh, this is a brilliant! I could not have dreamt of better segue, Rich. So, <laughs> Samstown, Second Coming, suppose former infatuation junkie. These are some examples of the sophomore slump. But these, these albums had moments of quality, which is a lot more than Kadeem Harris has had this season. E minus. <laughs> B-, just rubbish. No end products ever this season in such a horrendously poor season. We never got to see him perfect the Harris. It's just a long time long time watching him for no results. It's a lot of blue balls. Astonishingly poor for second season syndrome. Just felt like a waste of space and wages season, following a pretty decent first season he missed Fletcher as much as we did he looks done at this level I'm staggered who signs him at this level
0: yes Uh, all of that yes Oh, what yeah what a disappointing return from uh, from Kadeem Harris
1: can't stand him now (laughs) and he is what a waster he did piss it up the wall didn't he
0: I mean, I'm staggered. he played forty one games and didn't get one goal
1: did he he must have got an assist?
0: I think he got an assist or two along the way, but, but not
1: not as much as we hoped. I think we were really hoping that he would have got like a couple of goals and like six seven assists four assists apparently four assists i I'm staggered. it's that much
0: well, some of those might be generous. There's assists and there's assists
1: hmm. <laughs>
0: No, this thing, he got his assist. An assist in the losing game against Brentford. He gave got me assists. assist. <laughs> Apparently got the assist against Blackburn. Assist against Wickham. Assist against Bournemouth. I cannot remember any of those assists, but that's what they're saying. That's that's what you, the numbers don't lie, Luke. Apparently. Uh No. I, if I was a drama student, I'd be I'd be clicking at your. I can't put it any better. Luke. <laughs> Yas Queen is, what I, is all I can say, really, to that.
1: Was my review Yeet?
0: Yes, it was Yeet. Um, it was dope. Um, it was all those things. All those things. Oh, we're in quite a divisive little corner here. So, number eight mm. is Joey Pelopese. I'm going for a C
1: for Joey Pellefesse. Mm. The pest dispenser.
0: The pest dispenser.
1: Um hey you know he's not he's not uh he's not the hive single because he's not he's not he's not the main offender.
0: Pessy Hound? Do you like that one? Do I like what? Pessy Hound? Pessy Does Hound. <laughs> I love
1: it, I love it, I love it. It's a shame <laughs> that we'll never get to hopefully never get to see him in a Sheffield Wednesday show again. <laughs> but I can never call him that. But maybe Maybe, I don't know, maybe our friends at Al's Americas can use that in their dispatches from (laughs) Air Division Soccer, where he goes back to, you know, so he can go look there. So I said he's not a big offender, and by that, Rich, I mean he steals crunch bars sporadically from the small business corner Mm -hmm. shop. In this economy?
0: In this economy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Times he has not offended my sight with a poor and needless yellow card has been good. But still, the element of looking and importance of his club and its role of changing and owning the game in the midfield is greatly disappointing for looking at him as a prime option. I'll never fully know how good a player he is, and Jos Luque's only signer can sort her off into the abyss. Hopefully he can go on a Sequest PSV with a rock tied around his leg and be as boring as that show was under the sea. (laughs) So you're
0: not? There's a it's a no for you in terms of giving him another year in uh, League One.
1: Oh yeah, did we have we covered anyone who needs to be? Oh. I think, well, I think we've kind of maybe told our story. I about
0: mean, we know Hutch has got another year. Harris is uh, is out of contract, isn't he? But we are waving him goodbye pretty heartily.
1: We're going na 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 na. na. Hey, 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 fuck off, Harris. <laughs> He's a bit like, do you remember when we went to go see Wednesday in League One away at uh, Huddersfield? And do you remember me jumping up and down, and giving the rods to Huddersfield fans? <laughs> uh, <laughs> go eat some, go drink some fucking John Smiths, you terriers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think there's a wage low enough that Westwood would accept for to keep us on for another year. Yeah. You know, don't. I, I, it's not even worth unless he like
0: gifted it to us for the fact, that for being a nuisance
1: that would be nice I feel I'm feel.
0: Yeah. donating my year to the Sheffield Wednesday Foundation
1: if we could have like, it would have been nice if we. what we could have done is we could have just split his last two year contract over six years because <laughs> that would probably be like it'd make us think, oh it's not that bad a wage
2: First yeah
1: and then we could probably just make him a coach or something. Or, I don't know, under-23 goalkeeping coach or something. Near the end of it. Uh, Van, Van Aiken's off, as we said. No, no, thrice no to um, Harris. Hutchinson's got his contracts extension.
0: He, did, he played enough. He got enough minutes. Mm, and
1: I'm Yeah, but to bring us back to what we're talking about now. Um, <laughs> the Pess The Pess Hound. Pest dispenser, um it's it's a no for me. What do you think?
0: I would I mean it would be the same basis as I wasn't I wasn't upset particularly about giving him the year last year. Mm. And when we talked about that, I was very much filled with the caveat of as long as he's not first choice. As long
1: as not first choice, yeah, as long as we sign other players to play that position. (laughs)
0: I think he can play. He can play a role. He can be there. But I don't. The problem, a big problem with this season, is that Joe Pellapessi has played forty three times. He's been in every single squad uh, through necessity. That shouldn't have been the case. It should not be the case. But mm-hmm. it was because of poor planning, poor signings, whatever else. Uh, so. <laughs> On the same basis, I wouldn't be upset about him getting another year if if there's an option and things like that, provided, you know, I'm sure he's not on a huge wedge. Uh, I think he's a good, honest pro. I'm sure he would be... I think we'd see a bit more of his kind of range of skills a league down. I don't, I'm not going to say he's going to be massively better, uh, but he does occasionally pick out a pass. He does occasionally get forward and have a bad shot uh we'd probably see a bit more of that i think in league one uh so i wouldn't mind on that basis but i don't i t i do not want to see him come in and play forty odd games that's not the uh that's not the not what you want i also wouldn't be too sad if he, if this is the end for for peddler percy uh, that's that's mm-hmm. the flip side of it
1: jack marriott h h <laughs> h for a horse on heroin a smacked-up Ewan McGregor as a horse would be better. That angled shot on his debut was a long time ago, and he then served some prime junk or skag in the form of deeply Life-Ruining Brown, the worst signing in the history of bad signings. I want Enoch Schwabny back.
0: <laughs> give me my Schwabny back.
1: I <laughs> just, just want to go up go up to the director's box and be like, fucking Elchan Siri, give me Schwabny back. <laughs>
0: Give us Steve Howard at 38, fat as a barrel, unable to move.
1: Give us Warren Feeney.
0: <laughs> awful. I, I, I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. I, every moment he spent wearing a Sheffield Wednesday shirt, aside from that angled shot, was awful. Uh, deeply angering to watch. I don't know whether he had some ability and, or lo- and has lost it. Is so low on confidence that he can't remember the last time he played a good game. And frankly, I don't care what the reason for it is. I just wish I'd never had to see it in a Sheffield Wednesday shirt. Just incredible, like new depths of awful. Um, H is generous. There's a whole uh alphabet to get through he just a, a waste of 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 uh atoms and molecules really it could be doing almost anything else than being jack marriott it's a real waste of everybody's time involved on a on an on a sort of atomic level
1: <laughs> looks like he looks like Orlando Bloom playing the role of a bricklayer who's picked up for a lower league football team, but there's just nothing that happens in the film, and it's really bad. It's really boring,
0: and all of the shots of football are a body double that's very clearly somebody else. Yeah, they're better footballer than him.
1: It's kind of a bit like people are watching it, being like, "Oh, does he um does he rise through the ranks and trust in his abilities?" And it's like, no, no, he's just shit. No, it's just a depressing film about with no narrative.
0: It's just terrible. All of his teammates hate him and the fans boo everything that he does. The end.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like the green mile, but the brown mile. It's just a terrible stretch of time <laughs> that makes everybody sad. That's
1: amazing. That's amazing. The brown mile. Yeah. Number ten, Barry Bannon i am going for a B plus of Ray Bannon. Um, I feel like we've seen a bit more of Bannon at the better end of his spectrum and what he can do for us. I think we've been unlucky with what he has done for us to him not made more assists. You know, I remember at a, a least mm. games, I think, where he's done some really good deliveries and we just haven't had anyone on the end of it. Or we've done a really good corner, And then I know Julian Spurner has just casually knocked it over the bar. You know, I feel like the team has let him down on a few occasions.
0: I think definitely that's that's definitely fair. Particularly there was a there was a run of games where it just felt like Bannon was was playing on an outstanding level and just so out of sync with those around him, Um, and it was really Mm. sad to watch. Really, in a way.
1: He's probably given some of the best moments of this season, really. I don't know. It's it's weird, and also, I mean, I don't know. You could maybe downgrade me to a B for this. I I don't know. I I like Bannon a lot, you know. I
2: think
0: we've got to. I mean, even in the the you know the worst of this, there's got to be some vague positives we can pick out of it. And I think Bannon, for me, far and away. There's just you can never question his heart, you can never no. question that he cares, you can never mm-hmm. question he never goes hiding, you know the biggest criticism of of him is oh, he drops further back in the field, but part of that I mean he's doing that so that he can get the ball more mm. like it's all it's um there's something very charming about like young people in love. Uh, I think that's why there's lots of coming of age films because almost the answer to everything in those coming of, of age films is I just need to get me in front of this person for longer and then they'll fall for me because I'm obviously great. And there's kind of like there's a confidence in that that <laughs> most people lose as they get along in life. And that's the thing with Barry Bannon. It's like, do you know how this, what I can be, what, you know, how I can improve this game, how I can make the team better is more of me. More of me, more of me. I want to, you know, I want the ball. I can make, make things happen. They're in trouble with the ball. I can take the ball and get it out of trouble. It, it, you know, that is a uh, having watched so many cowards wear this Sheffield Wednesday shirt. Ah, uh, I will take Barry Bannon every day over so many people that have worn this shirt through the years. Yeah. Giles and uh, Darren Potter. And I mean, we've seen. Well, we've had a, you know all those Bostock and Soares and like the run, all those sort of players. You know these fancied these kids that got picked up for fifteen million pounds by uh, by Palace or Tottenham. Give me Bannon every day. Mm-hmm. I take eleven Bannons. We wouldn't go far wrong with eleven Bannons. We would probably get beat up. We'd probably lay in a lot of corners, <laughs> but. <laughs> would be a real sieve for set pieces but still
1: (laughs) I think he's Um, been you know he is disappointed for a lot of reasons he has affinity with his club yeah I think he's it's it shows that he's someone who just has a heart that cares very big and I think it's a reminder we need more quality around him because I think that means that we see more of we see more of Bannon but we lighten some of the burden on Bannon I think he's been really running to the ground. I think he's really yes. been a talisman for the Sheffield Wednesday quarantine season. I think he's, I think weirdly, I feel like he's embodied us as a fans. Like we're running to the ground with what's going on with fixtures, the season, no uplift from signings. There's no fans to celebrate with. Um, yeah. I just say, Paul Baz, I I hope that it isn't the last we see of him for us. But, yeah,
0: no, 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 that's a that's You know, a it's,
1: it's a really, really sad ending, if it is.
0: I think what happened, I think what you're speaking about him sort of feeling a little bit, bit, bit burned out, I think he reacted to the Cardiff game like everybody else should have. It was a shot in the arm, let's get ourselves safe. And I think he then had a run of four or five, maybe six games where he was doing you know, every corner was whipped in and perfect. And uh he was, suddenly he's like developed this dribbling thing, you know, like this, you know, like, it's just like he came on, he'd been good, good enough all season and then he's gone up a level, but nobody else matched him. Everybody else was like, well, we got that win. So we can, we can have a month off now before it matters. And by the time everybody else started caring a bit more, He'd almost like used up all of his juice. I think that's it. Was a, like a a disparity of where the where the uh, the effort was going and when the effort was put in. Um, mm. Ugh, tragic, really. Mm. Tragic is maybe uh, a good segue for another very very divisive figure amongst the fan base, Adam Reach.
1: B minus, uh, Patchy Adams nice just never Uh, been entirely the best position for him in this formation and mentality i think we do have to recognize that he's he's had some great moments though for this season just i just not enough for us i don't know it's a bit like so much of this is so much of a season is a weird lack of accountability like it's it's like someone falls over and 500 people are like looking around questioning who's going to help them up. Mm. Who's going to ring the ambulance. Who's going to see if they're all right. Who's going to perform CPR on them. You know, depending on how bad this falling over is (laughs) for the sake of my analogy, Um, but it's just, there's so much of us where like there's so little quality from people. Everyone's a bit like, I thought you were going to score the goals. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if, again, it's a similar thing to Bannon to reach to a bit, but, like, we've had the season where he was just banging in Wilders every week, you know, and we kind of came to expect that. I think for someone of his standing and someone of his quality and his wage and his transfer fee, he should have provided more quality than I think he did. But I think he did... Near the end, I think he had a bit of a nice little run of form, a little purple patch for patch, Patchy Adams.
0: I think so. Yeah. To be fair to Reach, how often that his best season, he was right wing inside out, right wing. You know, you know, whatever you call it, inverted wing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Left a guy, left footed guy on the right wing, cutting in, scoring goals. Did that for. Our most successful season in uh, in living memory.
1: He was alt right, wasn't he?
0: He was alt right. He then went really left wing. He went full circle, and he went Bernie. Remember, we've talked about his Bernie Sanders inf- infatuation. Um, yes, yes. yes. A O Reach rather than A O C. Um, he <laughs>
1: <laughs> terrible joke we um, do about him. It's brilliant. I love it. So bad. <laughs>
0: But he's he's kind of so, Yoss played him in midfield, which is which never felt right. It never worked. Mm. He ended up playing left back, left wing back a lot of times, a lot more often than mm.
2: not.
0: In position. Um, some of that some of that works, but it it means he's got his first thing has to be defending, and then mm. it's providing. And I don't know why you would choose to do that with your he's got pretty much as much quality as Bannon. Pretty much. Yeah. In terms of delivery and vision, you'd think what you want to do is get him in positions to affect the game more often. Mm. But I think being a being a wing back, the back part of that affects things. And he's not a natural defender. I, I think he gets loads more criticism than he deserves for his tackling. I think he does. If people actually watched, rather than having their eyes painted on, he does make tackles. He does put himself in there to get hurt at times. Um But it's not natural to him. It's not what he wants to be doing. He's, He's able to get up and down that left flank and that's about as much that seems to be why he gets given the job. Uh, but it hurts his game. We've just not seen Adam Reach play the position that you'd want to see Adam Reach play, basically, ever. That inside-out mm. right-wing right, right wing position is his best position. I, I don't think he played there at all this season. Mm. Uh, but still came up with th- three assists, I think, and a couple of them were absolute perlers. Um, five goals in the league. Mm. For our team, who didn't score many, was right up there. I mean, if we had a defender or two that pitched in. Mm. I don't know. It's just not his best year, not a glowing report. But if everybody performed to the level of Adam Reach, we probably actually wouldn't be in a bad spot. Despite I know, the fact he's pilloried and hated.
1: There's a lot of thin margins, aren't there?
0: Yeah. There's
1: a lot of thin margins throughout throughout the entirety of the Sheffield Wednesday season.
0: And he's the one he's another one whose contract's up.
1: Yep. I said Leeds better than Harris, but that's not hard, is it?
0: <laughs> yeah. I'd I'd have him in a heartbeat. I don't think there's any prospect of that happening. He he will easily get no. A
1: no, I said thanks for and best of luck in your next adventure. Yeah, there's been some good moments.
0: Some just beautiful moments. I mean, some of it's the just best a shame we
1: have. can never again. It's that great tragedy of selling players at the right time.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: We could have shifted him for ten million at some point.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure.
1: It just never. I don't know yeah, if anyone yeah, ever entertained it. Friends, I don't know if it, it was ever a logistic, you know, a realistic thing. Who knows? Mm. Um,
0: next up, number thirteen. I'm lucky for some. Julian Burner.
1: This is the beginning of me running out of notes. I came back from uh, the enthusiasm trip. tank. A word trip from Edmonton last night, and I pretty much just ate some food, listened to our predictions episode to kind of circle back on that one, mm. and. Um yeah, I kind of ran out of time. I'm gonna be honest here. So but I do have ratings for Julian Burner. Uh it's a C minus.
0: Yeah. The big
1: question mark with him is <laughs> What is that big question mark? I thought it was a number of question marks.
0: Well, for me it's about his what's he looks physically done. And is he physically done or is he is it a confidence thing? Like, is he putting himself in worse situations because he's not because he's lost confidence? Is he not making decisions and acting in a forthright manner that you need to at centre back? He's dallying. He's re- he's thinking twice, and that makes him look worse. I don't know. I suspect with the right partner, Burner might look okay again next season. But I, this season has been. He's been calamity jewels. He has been, you just, I'm nervous watching him. I'm waiting for him to make a mistake and by and large, he's going to do it a couple of times for you. Uh, some of the things he has done have been just utterly baffling. Uh, and more often than not, we've been badly punished for them. He's also made huge mistakes and weird decisions that haven't been punished and I can't remember the game now but there was a couple of weeks ago where he was like trying to claim for a head injury when really he should have got sent off but it still ended up hurting the team and punishing us um yeah I'm (laughs) he's one of those people that's got another year and I've kind of wish he didn't
1: yeah, I know. I was really looking forward to... I was really disappointed to find out in the preparation for this podcast that he wasn't on the list of players to go. Like, he has another year in him. Well, on his contract, I don't think he has another year in his... <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Free goals, again, free goal, goals three goals. Three goals this
0: season. Three not to be sniffed at.
1: It is not, no. He
0: scored in 10% of the games he's uh, played in. Wowzers. It's a pretty good return. He did have a good goal scoring record before he came to us. I remember looking at it, and I think he got on, on average, he's had eight goals a season before he came to Wednesday. Uh, he, I expect he, he will get goals in League One if, if uh, he plays a decent number of games. I it's it's pretty <laughs> scoring down there is a bit easier, goalkeeping is uh. Is pretty, pretty patchy at best. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Penny, number 14.
1: I'm going to go for a C- minus with Matt Penny. Um, just a weird mix between I don't know how many opportunities you were given, Matt, to perform, but I also want to say I don't know how many... Um, I don't know what you did to earn, said. Opportunities and further opportunities. He looked quite good against Walsall, didn't it? That was really God. That feels a long time ago. I don't know. I I I never feel like I know with Matt Penny how good he is anymore. No, like I I just, I just don't know. Like that's, I don't know what else to say about about him as a player. Like what what else can we say in this review? Because he's barely played. He's barely got a sniff of an opportunity. And then when he has played, I don't really remember outside of Warsaw being any any great shakes.
0: He's got that. He's in that sort of um, uh, hinterland thing of. I don't know if hinterland is the word I want to use, but mm. he's got that weird limbo land, I guess. More, he his best traits seem to be attacking traits, but when he's been played as left midfield or left wing he doesn't look good enough at it and his defending is not really good enough for a left back at championship level well that's um, a problem
1: because we're typically going with a wing back system right yeah so it's i don't know i I'd, I'd love to know like it, it always seems a thing like it's like oh wing backs are a thing there are wing backs out there you know it 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 seems so weird in english football because we typically think of a very very dated four-four-two mentality that like who is but then it's like well you know football has advanced but i i never know who there is in the world who excels within this position some people are uh,
0: i i I think like carl there are players that are tremendous i think carl walker is Unbelievably good as a right wing
1: back. Right. But then it's but then that's a little bit like I I don't know how much this is of like it, this almost feels a level, especially for now a football club that's entering the third tier of English football and previously designs of grandeur and ideas above our stations. This feels a bit like we're kids playing under ten under ten football and getting <laughs> ideas of you know of um, trying to solution. imitate things that we do in fifa which is funny to mention because that's that's my that's my my dad's old man grumpy old man routine is <laughs> oh, these kids these kids play fifa trying to do things that they've learned on fifa but it's like again I, the point i'm trying to say is like we don't have the players to do these things i mean well it's it's always a stretch for these players in their positions all of them all of our wingers, all of our wings and defend options. What a uh, who's probably the most comfortable Palmer.
2: Yeah,
0: but part, I, I think really wing the wingback definition is you're not your fullback, but you also have the attacking output of a winger. Right, right. Like at a base yeah. level, that's that's what it means. So Palmer was a good fullback, but didn't have much in the other. I think he's become a very good wing-back because he now offers a threat in the opposing half.
1: But isn't that also another damning thing to kind of bring into this equation is you're asking uh, like a lot of fitness from players who typically don't have a lot of fitness.
0: You have to be a prime athlete.
1: You've got to be a prime athlete. And also you've got to play, you've got to do that like 46 times a season. Yeah. In a very impacted, very very chock-a-block schedule. P- Penny which has. A, the, which is chock a block before we get fucking COVID outbreaks.
0: Yeah. P- Penny has the stamina of a, a, t- a teenager and he's 20. I think he's just not made the. <laughs> unfortunately. No, but like it's the same. No, astral-
1: I, I, lo- I love the idea that like, you're making that sound like you're having to hear having to hear two of your neighbors have sex. I don't like you. <laughs> which, uh, which did happen to me. Which did happen to me, learners. And I can. <laughs> Tell you that my young neighbour, you know, did have the stamina of a teenager because he basically was a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my life! What's going on? What's going on,
0: (laughs) Rich? Well, in this sense, stamina (laughs) of a teenager. I am meaning that you get tired after about half or an hour of football. You do not have. You did as well. We could jag for hours. (laughs) But, like, how many times have we seen this? I'm sure it's like he's forgot there's a second half. But Penny's three years older. Like, Penny should be getting his kind of, you know, his, his man strength and his, you know, like, this should be, he's ramping up to the peak of his athletic life. And he doesn't seem to have an hour in him. He doesn't quite have enough puff for an hour, which is it's damning. He will. The chances are he will never be fit enough. I think to play the the role of wing back. And he's not good enough at defending to be a left back. He's not good enough at attacking to be a winger. I think he's just not very good, unfortunately although it looks like there's pieces there that should be good and people love to say he'll only get better about young players that is simply not true uh he probably is about a league 2 national league type player i think and that's probably where he'll head i wouldn't i wouldn't mind if he doesn't cost too much i wouldn't mind giving him a go in league 1 because i think there's there's some ability there but it mm. needs come together very quickly for him, because this is... But
1: the problem is, like, he can probably... We're now getting to the point where he has to compete with... I, I don't know how many more youngsters we want to keep around to see if they can come good. When just in I, terms think, of... I think we're just getting to a situation of just getting a massive squad of sp- youngsters. Yeah, or, or and be. I think we just need to mainly focus on players who can do it every week.
0: He's older than
1: Green, He's a year older, older than Green. Andre Green. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. That's that's really damning.
0: Yeah. He's not. It's the same as the goalkeeper thing. We talk about these two goalkeepers like they're children.
1: Naive young lads, yeah.
0: They're naive young lads. They're, they're, they're 25 years old. Like, this is it. There, there's no promising youngster anymore there's nobody that was terrible for 25 years of their life and then suddenly got good for the last (laughs) like you are what you are
1: well well i mean that that happens in adult careers but it doesn't happen in an adult career like football no a a true yeah A,
0: a a an unforgiving athletic pursuit like football you you've got it or you don't And if you haven't got it by 23, 24, you're probably never going to have it. Mm. There's a large person, Jamie Vardy, Ian Wright. But the fact we can name both of those sort of tells you how rare it is. There's not many... Exactly,
1: exactly. Rare shooting stars, yes.
0: And, you know, the comparison to Vardy, he's nowhere near vascular enough to be Vardy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So release.
1: Yeah, I... I think so. I think we need to release. Yeah. Catch and release.
0: Fifteen is Tom Lee's.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I wrote something down. I'm looking at it now and I'm like, why did you say that, Luke? You were probably tired last night. You were tired, weren't you, Luke? <laughs> a long a long old week in Edmonton. Came back. I had a chippy tea.
0: Oh. Living the dream.
1: It was good. Uh and I got really tired. Uh I'm gonna go for a C. For Tom Lee's, I think initially put C plus, and I've I've redacted that.
0: Redacted it
1: much in a way of Richard Miller's uh, Julian Burner redaction. <laughs> Turns out Julian Burner touched kids allegedly. <laughs> so we're we'll reevaluating. Parody, 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 parody,
0: parody. I do you know what I think C is right? I think my initial, my gut reaction was that it feels a bit harsh. The truth is in a relegation season and we didn't just get relegated. We finished bottom. Very few players were good enough. That's the the fact of the matter. Good teams don't get relegated. Good teams don't finish bottom of the table. Um, and however, you know, so many times where people are like, well, Tom Lee's has stood up and done X, Y, and Z. And, and yes, there were good games. There were good bits and pieces. His, since Leuven's, he's just never been the same. There's been moments with certain partners, but Tom Lees has been thrust into a role that he is is too big for him and he's not good enough for and he's failed unfortunately, I'm sure he's a nice chap, and he's he's honest as the day is long. He's a good hard working pro. But we have asked him to be the leader of our defense. We even made him captain. He's not made of that material. He's mm-hmm. not that guy. Um
1: You think a lot about I, I'm thinking a lot now about Arctic Monkey's uh, song Fluorescent Adolescent. with the lyrics. With the lyrics, You're falling about, you took a left off last 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 laugh lane.
2: Mmm. And do
0: you think to, that's the Tom than Lee's? Looks better
1: in his fish? I think that's the Tom Yeah, he used to get his fishnets, now he got his nightdress. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he's obviously an,
0: an, contract up.
1: Yeah. It's such an opportunity for someone like him to show his character. This is the thing like, he's a man who we said was captain, but he's never been captain material. And it, it feels like, in some senses, like he acts the captain.
0: I think he. I think that's why he was given the captaincy. Is he's a lead by example sort of guy.
1: But it's a stock photo of a child wearing a superhero costume, and like giving it the guns. That's Tom Lee's.
0: It's the there used to there's a there's a Jerry Seinfeld bit, an old old Jerry Seinfeld bit about, uh, Superman costumes, uh, the Halloween costume. Superman says on the side that. Um, it doesn't give you any ability to fly. And he really likes the idea of the child who is stupid enough to think that it would, but clever enough to check the box first. (laughs) It's a great bit. That's hilarious. There's a little bit of that, isn't there, with Tom Lee's? It's like, yeah, I think he almost probably convinced himself he could fly with his cape on. And in this case, the cape is his captain's armband but it just didn't work and it crumbled and it just, uh, the thought that it could work made made the fall even worse kind of thing. Uh,
1: yeah. I'd like to see, I'd like to be a, a team football psychologist and sit down with Tom Lees and be like, next game, Tom, pretend you aren't John Terry. Yes. Yeah. How about that? How about that? How about you? I, d- I don't know. It's just, it was such a time to show his character and, and it's just, he crumbled massively.
0: And a constant theme with him just does not get enough goal return for a centre back. Yeah. You need your lead centre back getting you a handful of goals a season. He is a one goal a season guy, maybe two if on a good year. It's just not enough. Unfortunately, goals, oh. Can we just not enough goals all the way through this team?
1: Can we can we get a regen of Rob Jones in the, uh, <laughs> in the summer window?
0: Ah, oh. would come back for a season. <laughs> Probably, Probably it <laughs> think... Well, we could have just played for like a tremendous amount of time after he finished with us, didn't he? Yeah,
2: Dave Jones threw
0: him out, threw him out like so much old rubbish, and he like played for another like four years or something crazy.
1: I think we should have just had a season with... I feel that that first Wednesday okay. promotion season we should have yeah. played with... I think it would have been about the same if we'd just given the people who deserved a chance to be there from the promotion season. We ripped off the promotion team too quickly, in my opinion. Yeah,
2: we, did. we did.
0: We've got so many more players to do, Luke. I'm sorry. We've got to... We no,
1: this is a two-episode one.
0: Whether there, was no, whether there was any smoke or fire. Um... Andre Green he was in 16 squads he played 12 times Green. C did you
1: make C. C. C C C C he had a few moments i mean we'd, we've never really seen him at any peak level of fitness i think there's a bit more to come from Andre Green and we're I also hope going so. to be playing in a league below um it just depends how much that is. I mean, he could probably do, he could definitely, I don't think it's hard to do a bit more than what he did this year. Really? Like the only kind of moments, I think there's kind of like a bright kind of debut appearance, a brightish debut appearance. Mm. And then I think the next thing beyond that is him winning a penalty.
0: Yeah. That was, that was nice.
1: I think there was the awful moment where we did the same thing we did with every other player that they have a good game. And we think, can they do it again? and then they don't
0: (laughs) no they don't bother turning up again
1: yeah it feels a bit like do you remember that big train sketch where simon Pegg's like um try he's got his son got his young kind of three year old son on a bicycle and he keeps trying to put her on train on him on training wheels and he keeps trying to launch him off and just a number of things like one of them he sets on fire oh right do you remember that That. that. he's like see the problem you did there is you set on fire (laughs) <laughs> and it just feels like he's had like a really good first ch- chance at that, and then the second one he's basically just yeah, that's that's basically what we happened. We've launched him into a kind of mini Valhalla kid strike. Um, <laughs> yeah. no, I I definitely I think there's some stuff with some promise. I think everything is sounding good about his background. I'm mm. wondering what it'd be like with a consistent run of games. I think potentially there's some promise on that. I don't think we can say that from this season. It's just a difficult time, difficult club to come into. Uh, who knows? Maybe you might be complete shit next year. But um there were some moments. There were some moments. There were a couple of small moments amidst some stuff. And I mean he was never someone we ever relied on heavily. It it seemed like someone with some upside when we signed him. Yeah. You know, we should have made more signings. That's the thing. He's a Callum Patterson type signing. You know, it's good on paper to fill out the squad with, but it's not. It's not the immediate first 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 option for what we need.
0: No, that's that's uh It's a good call. It's a good call. Uh, I I. I'm hopeful. I, I hope we get to see some good stuff from him next season. He's um he's obviously a, a a bit of a um he's a good size I think League One won't shock him in terms of the physicality which is good
2: mm-hmm. uh
0: you can you can get kind of beaten up a bit in uh, in League One uh if if you if you're not that's my slight worry for Bannon is it is he just becomes a bit too much of a target and um, mm. teams can just sort of physically run the running rush hard over him. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed. We had so much fun thinking about the players and giving them all ratings, uh, like we were imagining we were sort of school teachers and uh, handing out grades, that we're going to split it up into two episodes. So uh, that was the first chunk. Uh, We will get to the second half of the squad next week. Uh, and we'll also sort of, we've got a couple of other fun things to, to look at next week as well. So that will round up our season review. It's been a season of a huge amount of content. So we need, needed more than one episode to tackle it all. Couldn't all squeeze in. Um, so I'm going to say cheerio to you, Luke. Wish you a good week. And I'm going to do the same to the to folks listening. Thanks for sticking with us through this awful season. But uh, hopefully the podcast has been a bit of, a light uh, addition to things.
1: I agree. Thank you, Rich. Have a good week, everyone. Bye bye.